0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse
1: community. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. You're
0: listening to Little Fish on Joy 94.9 and I'm actually on the phone with the Bluesmaster himself, Ash Grunwald. How are you going, Ash?
1: Pretty good, pretty good.
0: So today's a big day for you. Your new album, Hot Mama Vibes, is released. How are you feeling about it all?
1: Oh, very good, because um, uh, everything sort of led up to it pretty well in the last week. We got some good publicity and stuff, and um, I've just arrived um, in Townsville, and we're just going to, half the guys in the band have driven up, Uh, in our van that we travel in, and so we've just all met up and it's sort of like we're back on the road again, and we've got a two-month tour, so it's good to be back on the road.
0: Definitely, definitely, and it'd be nice and sunny up in Townsville, I imagine?
1: Yeah, it's really, really warm and really nice, and I didn't have any (laughs) shoes at home because they were in the van, so I wore uh, Ugg boots because (laughs) it was kind of cold, so I arrived up here in Ugg boots and it was, yeah, it was pretty hot, so it's good to get the shoes off and, and start chilling out a
0: bit. Well, I'm a bit jealous. I think I'm wearing like three pairs of Ugg boots and even then my oh, feet right. would still be cock. But what's the story behind the new album? What is the story that inspired you to make Hot Mama Vibes?
1: Uh, well, it's just part of my uh, musical, I would say musical meanderings. Um, but it sort of feels like a bit of purpose to it, but I didn't really know... How it was was going to end up, all I knew is I wanted a varied album, and I wanted to use different producers from the hip-hop scene. And then later on in the piece, I did a fair few tracks with my band um, that had been touring at that time that I was recording. And um, we uh, we just sort of had a free-form jam and recorded about eight different songs just through sort of half done in one big long jam that was really fun, and then I sort of made that into songs after the fact. So it sort of jumps around a lot, the album, and I sort of had a vague notion that that's sort of where I wanted it to be, but it's a a surprise for the person who makes an album just as much as anyone else sometimes.
0: Definitely. I think that's the best way to do it. But would you think your sound has changed? I mean, I saw you, uh, I think like, it would have been about... Uh, three or four years ago at uh, Bell's Beach in Torquay and you were playing and you were a lot more rootsy whereas this album has like a sort of a more funk sound. Was that a conscious decision to change the style?
1: Uh, I think it's all just different parts of yourself that are coming out and there's a lot of things from the more electronic side of music um, that I've always loved Um, but obviously my first album was just a blues album and it was There was a conscious effort there to keep it raw and stripped back, and then I guess I've slowly been moving towards the point I'm at now, over time, sort of in baby steps, so it just wasn't really Mm -hmm. bizarre, you know, like, oh, you know, it just completely changed straight away. Um, But, you know, it's just part of my musical development, I reckon, and it's fun. We've been doing a lot of more party gigs, so we've been playing more party music, and yeah, yeah. as you involve more people in the, in the process, the sound changes, and, you know, it's good.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds great. But you collaborated with a number of uh, renowned Australian artists on the album. Would you remind me who they are?
1: Okay, it was mainly, like, uh, producers. Uh, there's uh, Mr. Trials from the fun Um and we toured with the Funko's, and they're sort of like a, a hip-hop crew from the um, Adelaide Hills of... Hills of Adelaide. <laughs> um, and um, so Charles produced four of the songs. Um, Walking, the first single, and a few others. And then the, there's a bonus track on the album which actually has the phone calls rapping on it. And then I had Count Bounce who did the last album. And he's done a real sort of, uh, it's kind of like a dance floor banger, but it's got a real Aussie rock feel to it. That's <laughs> uh, called Tear the Roof Off. And then um, Chasm, uh, he's from Sydney, he is in a little, in an act called Astronomy Class, who um, I did some work with and did a chorus for, so he owed me a beat, so I'm like, hey, okay, pay up, and send me <laughs> that beat. And um, that was a track called Lady Luck, and the rest of the tracks were with the bands, but um, some of the band tracks sound, just they're just as beats sort of driven as the ones that came from actual, from hip-hop guys. Because um, I've got uh, fingers Malone playing MPC and um, drums and synths, and then Kunchina, Karuna Ratna playing MPC as well. And they, the MPC is like a, what they used to make early hip hop. sort of like drum trigger, like sort of like these drum pads that you know you can play them live, but they basically you can put any beat in there you want. But it makes things sound kind of more beatsy, I guess.
0: Definitely. Uh, So how did you get started in music? Did you have a musical childhood or did it it was something that you pursued later in life?
1: I guess I did. Uh, My granddad used to play a lot and I used to, he used to, over the years of answering that question, I've sort of come to realise that probably the biggest thing he did, like he played guitar, which really influenced me to play guitar and I used to jam with him a lot. Um, And I also did guitar lessons from like the age of 10 or whatever. But um, the main thing he did was he had a back room, which is a music room, and he was recording all the time. And he wrote his own songs and stuff like that. And so I think in my mind, from as long as I can remember, I've known about recording and known about writing songs. And I guess that's something that puts you on a, a little bit of a different path to the average kid who loves playing guitar to get really good at guitar but they learn later about the recording side of it or whatever. So that was always in my head.
0: Definitely. Well that's a very yeah unique uh childhood and it would make um yeah make it a lot easier to produce such great sounding records. But with performing and you're also a, a radio announcer on Triple J, has blues music always been a passion for you?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've always been into blues, like, from when I was a little kid, or pretty young, like 12, I guess, I really started to get into it. Um, But I must say over the last... Since I did that Roots uh, show on Triple J, too, I listened to a lot of different things over an intense period of about 18 months. And, you know, you know what it's like in radio. You know, you could be listening to, like, 50 new albums a week or something.
0: Most definitely.
1: And I stopped my... Before that, my definition of of roots music or or music that I liked was more like the music that I would be making, and I would just make music of a particular genre. But after listening to things just for their quality, it rather than for what genre it was, it really opened things up for me. And I must say, these days, I more take the blues thing as that's. Uh, my my musical roots and that's sort of how I express myself when I go to sing or play a new song but I don't really listen to that much blues at the moment.
0: Yeah. Well, fantastic. But I know uh, there is a true story behind the Dolphin song. Uh, this is just out of personal curiosity so I stopped reading about it because I want to hear it from you. Were you actually saved by uh, heroic dolphins?
1: Well, I believe I was saved by heroic dolphins but in the story... Um, It was like the other guy that I was with who was, like he said, he saw the shark underneath me. And there is the minute possibility that he was mistaken and it was a dolphin, but he swore black and blue that he saw a shark under me. And then we were surrounded by these dolphins that basically shepherded, shepherded us in or gave us a passage to... They alleviated the situation and then sort of left once once it had all calmed down. And, uh, I, you know, it's just a comedy song, the dolphin song, but mm-hmm. in just playing that song for years, I've, I've heard different um, versions of the same story. You know, people have told me things that have happened to them. And um, one lady told me she was pregnant and um, she was drowning. She got pushed out of the water by a dolphin. Wow. And then that happened in, that same story happened in New Zealand a couple of years ago and was on the news. So it does happen.
0: That's the coolest, and I think that that story goes out to anyone out there who watched Jaws a few too many times and is terrified to go in the water. Uh, I think
1: everybody watched Jaws too many times.
0: (laughs) So true, and it's scary even with those horrid CGI effects.
1: Well, it's (laughs) funny. One of the guys' uh, fingers in my band, we, we enjoy surfing, and he's just not scared of sharks at all, and he makes you feel silly if you are scared of them, and that's really helped me a lot. Another thing that really helped me was surfing in cactus, where it's just shark infested. Wow. Um, so it's like known, there's been so many attacks, and it's next to a breeding ground of, I don't know, they say 200-odd uh, sharks. I don't know what they were, whether they are white pointers or whatever. So you know you're surrounded by sharks. And you're pretty scared in the water. But after doing that, it made me think, you know what, I'm just not going to bother being scared of sharks anymore.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, best way. I mean, after all, you know, you are going into their environment, but I have to say that I'm still terrified of sharks. I learned to surf because I couldn't swim, so they gave me a surfboard to stay afloat. <laughs> and then I thought, well, i better use it for what it's supposed to be for. Then I learned to surf, and then uh, then I was down on the coast of Sydney and I heard there was a shark attack, and I just w- freaked out and, like, ran off the beach. And I have to admit that I'm still scared. However, your story of the dolphins <laughs> saving me might encourage me to get back in the water.
1: So Yeah.
0: You're, you're touring Melbourne uh, in July and you're playing the Corner um, Hotel in Richmond, but you're also doing some rural shows, which few touring artists do, uh, frankly, and you're doing them up the Great Ocean Road. Is it important for you to play shows near the beach?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I always have, and it's funny, in Melbourne it's like my hometown, but I'm only playing, I'm only playing the Corner, then Ruby's in Belgrave, and then later I'm doing that one in Warrnambool, but normally I'd do a lot more. It just didn't work out that way. Um, because I'm going overseas afterwards and stuff, and I might do that later in the year. But, yeah, I mean, I play a lot of gigs, and, you know, there's only, like, you know, five cities to play, and the rest of it's rural. So if you tour a lot in Australia, you're playing a lot of rural areas.
0: Definitely, definitely. I just think that it's really good to see, uh, you know, musicians that have the record deal, that have the successful CDs but still actually Play a lot of shows, and I think you're one of them. I really respect that. Because oh, cool!
1: Yeah, a, no, it's a good
0: thing. A lot, yeah. A lot of people sort of uh, become successful, stop touring, and then forget what it's like playing those shows to people, you know, in the pubs that really want to hear your music. Uh, so well,
1: you, you do get told too by everybody around you that once you do get to a certain level, you've got to stop playing. You know, or you've just got to play occasionally, and it's got to be this special thing or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um. So. You know, but it's, I just came up into my career a completely different way. Um, and I completely came from the very bottom, and it was, like, one bit at a time.
0: Definitely. Uh, there
1: weren't any great leaps as such. Like, I first started playing, you know, just taking your own PA, sitting up in the corner of a uh, place that had a TAB or whatever, and playing to, you know, five or six people. Um, and touring around like that. So... It's very hard for somebody like me who's come up that way to then when you've got a room full of people to not turn up to say, well, why wouldn't you go back to that place if you've got a room full of people to play to, you know?
0: Exactly, and I think that's a very inspiring story or you can be used as encouragement for all the artists that we've had on the show that are doing the same thing. They're not the kind of people that have a record deal handed to them on the plate but they have to start by having residencies at like the Tote every week, you know, and working the way up and I think that's what it's all about. So what, what's your favourite gig you've ever played?
1: Um, it's funny, I've been asked that question on this round of um, shows and it's funny, they both come down, you wouldn't think, necessarily think so. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about Tazzy, but uh, both of them have been in Tazzy. Um, one was at just a moment at the Fall Festival when we were playing Breakout and just everybody was just bouncing. And um, another was um, doing a support for James Brown there.
0: Fantastic. Uh,
1: They were both pretty special moments.
0: I can imagine. Uh, It sounds like, yeah, you've got a huge number of gigs to choose from, and I think that they're very well-chosen highlights of your career. But thanks very much for talking talking to me today. I really look forward to seeing you when you're doing uh, your tour with this album, and I really hope that the album gets as much success as the last one did, if not a lot more. Oh, cool. Thanks for that. (laughs) No worries, but you have plenty of fun uh, in Townsville in the sunny weather, and we'll sit here freezing our asses off and waiting for you to come and play your music.
1: (laughs) Somebody's
0: got to do it. It's true. It's true. Anyway, have a nice day. Okay, see See you
1: later. Bye. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au.